Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. We don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. Today, we join a conversation with Abe and Aaron. Abe has researched today's word while Aaron has not. Today's word, eccentric. Okay. Hey, Aaron. You didn't notice me doing this? <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> no. Okay. Hello, Abraham. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Anyway, yeah. I'll tell you my story some other time. We'll finish that one off. There's still more to come. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a little early in the morning, though. Yeah. Is, is that bad that I'm mentioning that we're doing this in the morning? Does that make us sound like losers? Like losers? Yeah, I mean, like you would think podcasts at, at night is a cool thing to do. In the morning, it's like these guys have no life. What? No, I'm. Ta- I'm. I had to make time just to be able to make it right now. So did I. I had yeah. to cut into my sleeping time. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sleep is necessary. Um, oh, what are we doing today? Oh, I know. Eccentric. Oh, a word, of course. How, how surprising. <laughs> yeah. Eccentric. I thought we were here for something else. It's no, we're doing eccentric today. Um, that is a word I would use to describe myself at times. Uh, eccentric? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why? What? What makes you eccentric? I um, strange, and I say strange things sometimes. Like what? Oh, that I don't <laughs> know if I should reveal. I'm just your, I'm just your run of the mill weirdo. Does your Maybe ex- that doesn't make me eccentric. Does actually. your eccentricity like run in, like pour into this show sometimes, or what? I would like to think so. Uh, okay, well. Can I pour it into a cup too? Yeah. Uh, make sure it's here with us today. Um, so our word ex- eccentric. Um, if I pronounce it with an X, it sounds like there's an X in there, right? Eccentric. Eccentric. It's, yeah. The two it's C's. an E C. I mean, you can. Anytime you, uh, the X is there, that's because the very next uh, letter will be um, a vowel. Mm-hmm. So if there's no vowel, then it uses the letter C. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's E C C. Yes. So, so the two C's is like an E X, right? Yeah. So you know, sometimes I think that like words just sort of like mean their opposite as time goes on. Because I looked up the word eccentric, right? And it sort of doesn't mean what we think it means. Like, I think sometimes people use it to mean, like, whatever doesn't have a center. Mm-hmm. Say, like, it's outside of the center or something like that. But it, it really just sort of means not centrally placed or off-center. Mm-hmm. Slightly um, off-kilter. Right. And, and we sort of... And so I feel like the meaning sort of just shifts on its own through all the time. Um... And then, of course, we use we typically use it to talk about people, right? And their personalities, mm-hmm. just like you were talking about right now, right? It's uh, yes. that's an eccentric fellow. Yeah, it's it's all about the eccentric personalities, and boy, does our culture Ge- have geniuses. many of those. Yeah, geniuses usually are labeled eccentric as well. 
Yeah, but I think like in the U.S., we don't have like a bunch of geniuses that oh, we're no, typically we looking don't. at as eccentric people. It's usually just people doing crazy things, right? right? Like those are the people who are like, oh, these eccentric. I don't know. Crazy has replaced eccentric quite a bit too. Yeah. Just like, oh, that's different. That means it's crazy, obviously. Right. Because it doesn't conform to my box. Yeah, yeah, so like, uh, I mean, I don't even want to mention the names of these people that have done like crazy things throughout you know, the past decade or whatever, right? But right. like a lot of them are movie stars or like um, artists, musicians and people like that, you know? People that can get away with it. Yeah, and they do like all kinds of crazy stuff, like shave their heads all of a sudden or whatever, yeah. right? Or That's who I was thinking of too, of course. Have, first. Yeah, <laughs> or like have these like mental breakdowns or whatever, right? Mm. And. These are the people that are supposed to be eccentric, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't or dress really... like pirates. <laughs> or dress like pirates. Keith I... Richard pirates. Oh. Wait, you are talking about uh, Jack Sparrow, yes. right? Of course. Of course. Of course. He, he is sort of the, the, uh, the symbol of eccentricity right now in yeah. the film, right? It's that Johnny Depp character. Yes. Um, all right. Well, before we talk about personalities, though, let's talk a little bit about like how the word eccentric actually was used previously, um, or still is. But you know, it's it's used in a. What's going on? I hear a little tapping. Do you hear it? I was thinking it was you under the table. I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> Never mind. Technical difficulties. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Oh my god. I wish you could see the visual, but no. it's probably better that you don't. <laughs> Sometimes I'm glad this is an audio show and not a visual The world is glad too, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. You don't want to see this, especially in the morning. Alright. Alright, so let's, let's break down the word eccentric. So it, it obviously has the prefix X, right? Which means out of, and then we have the root word, which is center, or the circle, right? And then you have the suffix IC which just means something like or in the nature of being yeah. out of the center. So that's kind of like the full like meaning of the, the etymological uh, meaning of the word. So covers the whole gamut. Yeah. So it, the word uh, is typically used by the way in like geometry and astrology. Go figure. So it's used to describe, um, well, again, because we're dealing with the circle, right, the center, right, then eccentric is used to define whatever is not centrally placed or is whatever is off-center. So you have things like, uh, well, well, like Pluto. Pluto the planet? Pluto the dog? Yeah, well, you know, it's technically not a planet oh yeah that's right, right. yeah it's a um a planetoid <laughs> or an asteroid or i don't know what but there's it. there's kind of like a good reason why it's not a planet i sort of still feel like it is and and that was ingrained and, into us as kids right pluto, right, pluto yeah. is the ninth planet yeah it's like the smallest one it's the farthest away yeah and there's like good and it has its own little satellite too so you think oh well obviously it's a planet it's got a little rock circling it it has a few actually it has a Probably few, a few yeah um, but Pluto is kind of the eccentric planet, right? Hmm. And there are several reasons for it. So like Pluto is like this dwarf planet, right? That's what it's yeah, called now dwarf. so that we can distinguish it from the other planets in our solar system. Why do the dwarfs have to get the short shrift? <laughs> I know, right? Dwarf planet. <laughs> but okay, so it's 
considered a dwarf planet, right? Just to sort of categorize it on its own with a bunch of other objects that are in our solar system, but sort of not the same as mm. the other planets in our solar oh, system. Oh, I, can I interrupt you a second? I yeah. just remembered something about Pluto. Um, doesn't it like actually, theoretically, it could like cla crash into Uranus and because they're uh, <laughs> the planet? Because they, they're, um, they're uh, what do you call this? Yes, they're... it can, by the way. The answer yes. is yes. yes. It's the only one that actually does that, right? But there's like a fraction of a million of a chance. Um, actually I, I, it's Neptune, by the way. Oh, Neptune. Yeah. It can yes. crash. Yeah. Of course. I knew that. I was well, testing you. But that's what makes like Pluto eccentric. <laughs> that's what makes Pluto eccentric, by the way. It's yes. that... So if you think like, okay, so what, what defines a planet is that it orbits around the sun, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and what, de what defines a moon is that it orbits around a planet. Okay. Oui. So what's going on is that like all the planets in our solar system are sort of on a like same type of plane as they orbit around the sun. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, most of them are kind of like making this like circular type orbit. Isn't right? it an oblong kind of circle though? Yeah, a little bit. So because like gravity. The, the earth is the one that has like the most circular orbit of like all of the, all the planets, mm -hmm. but like Pluto has the most elliptical of all of them. So like right away, it sort of sets it off and makes it like very different from all the other planets. But the other thing is that all the planets are sort of like making the circle like on a plane, right? So if you think like a two dimensional thing, mm -hmm. right? Where like Pluto is working on this kind of like third dimension as it orbits so it so everything's like everything think of like marbles going around in a circle on a table well like pluto is sort of cutting through the table as it makes its uh, orbit around the sun it's crazy so it's kind of like tilted actually so it's doing like a lot of different things than everything else um and pluto is the who by the way roman god of oh hades you yeah. mean hades the hades underworld the hell yeah. Yeah, so so how ironic, right? That it's the one that actually is, uh, like you say, going to a third dimension at times, if you will. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, and I'm like, oh, the you know the underworld, of right? Course, another dimension of life that we don't see, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I sorry, I just no, wanted okay. to add the other thing about Pluto's eccentricities is that uh, the reason I brought why I think it's eccentric is that. Um, so if like all the other planets orbit around the sun, the sun sort of becomes like the center, right? Of their orbit, right? The center of gravity. Where like Pluto's not doing that. It's actually like the sun doesn't act as the center of its orbit. And so it's doing things off center. Its, its movements are completely off. And that's what I think makes it eccentric. But like it has all these other little quirks that are going on with it that make it like you know, mm. do all these different things from all the other planets. And I think that's what makes it interesting. It's that, you know, it sort of like defies our definitions mm. of our solar system. Like whatever definitions you want to impose, like Pluto is throwing all of that off. And so it makes sense when they say like, oh, Pluto's not really a planet or whatever, right? Because it doesn't fit our definitions of like what everything else is doing in our solar right. system. Pluto's a rebel. It is. <laughs> and actually, that's why I like it so much. Each week on Extreme Vocabulary, we like to look at a piece of literature that features today's word. Looks like uh, our local literature lover, Efren, has come by with, a, with what looks to be a paperback today. 
What are you reading there, Efren? Yeah, I've come here with a paperback, and it is a favorite novel of mine, which a lot of these are, and it's So Far From God by Ana Castillo. Okay, great. Uh, what is your history with that book? Um, really, it's a book I've taught, I've read on my own, and I've taught two times. Wow. And it's always sort of a, a crowd favorite, because mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of uh, quirky, and how do they say, the learned people say postmodern. Uh, maybe you know it's center. The center doesn't hold for it. Oh, I see. Yeah. What a magnificent definition of postmodern. Um, well, let's hear the piece of text that you liked that used today's word. Yeah. So um, you know, it, it's it's a really interesting sort of case of the word eccentric, and it centers around a character named Francisco who. Let's just say, and I won't ruin it for the audience, but he has sort of a spiritual calling that is in part uh, due to him going to live with his, his godmother, Doña Felicia, who's like a spiritual healer, um, like a curandera. And so there's this passage here that uses eccentric in reference to her. And uh, yeah, let me, let me just read it. So Francisco learned a little about being a, a diagnostic of physical and spiritual ailments and which symptoms were caused by something physical and which were caused by the bad intentions of ill-wishers. But Francisco did not like to talk about these things too much with people, not even with his brothers once he went back home, who, being practical men, tended to find his godmother more an eccentric than someone to turn to for medical attention. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. And it sounds like he was taking the path of an eccentric in learning these arts, would you say? Yeah, right. Because, well, I guess I'll throw the question back at you real quick. Like, what would be the center, the spiritual center? Uh, that's a good question. I think um, a lot of times the center of medicine is science. Right. Maybe in a more conservative or traditional setting it was prayer something mm -hmm. like that and uh, so could you tell us more about what this woman does in the in the book uh, yeah she heals people with all kinds of maladies uh, most of which I never heard of but mm -hmm. she'll do things such as rub like an egg on your stomach if you uh -huh. have some kind of person that put a curse on you mm -hmm. or she'll you know uh, burn some herbs around you if um, you know someone's wished you ill intentions uh, so like again like you know usually um, you know in, in medicine things are caused by something physical but in her realm it could be caused by something physical which would be the you mean spiritual yeah they, they could be caused by something physical or something spiritual or some kind of curse that somebody put on you mm. yeah would you say that it might uh, some of the things that she does actually has a metaphorical uh, element to them? Does the egg mean something? You know, uh, I mean, I could guess that it has something to do with birth, but I don't know. Maybe metaphorical in the sense that um, it works symbolically for the person mm -hmm. too. You know, and it's funny though because like in this case, the word eccentric is is more something that like his brothers used to think about the godmother because they wouldn't want to think of her as a center for actual medical attention so they just think of her more as just an eccentric who believes in things outside or 
on the border of the center of what we think is like healing and medicine, right? Like, um, you know, um, as you said, science. Do you have any experience with eccentric healing or uh, something like that? Um, I actually do, and it's with uh, sage. Like I, I was taught by some mentors of mine to burn sage in order to sort of uh, heal yourself and to get rid of bad energies. Mm. And uh, and but of course, I read an article that said that sage actually um, eliminates bacteria in the air. So there's some science to it too. But I've always thought of it as a sort of eccentric way of healing, which is burning sage. Sage always gives me the chills when I smell it. Like in a good way. Yeah. Do you ever right. get that? It's very unique and it has this effect on, on I think, on, on people. Uh, healing effect, yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for bringing this uh, example. Ana Castillo's So Far From God, an example of eccentric Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, healing. Ho hopefully we won't be so far from God ourselves. Or maybe just on the edge of... On the yeah. line. On the line. On the line. Sure. Eccentric to God. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. center it's its movements are completely off and that's what I think makes it eccentric but like it has all these other little quirks that are going on with it that make it like you know mm. do all these different things from all the other planets and I think that's what makes it interesting it's that you know it sort of like defies our definitions mm. of our solar system like whatever definitions you want to impose like pluto is throwing all of that off and so it makes sense when they say like oh pluto's not really a planet or whatever right because it doesn't fit our definitions of like what everything else is doing in our solar right. system pluto's a rebel it is <laughs> and actually that's why i like it so much of course the other thing is that it has like these five moons that do weird things too i thought it just had the one moon um that was named after the the ferryman for charon the, yeah charon yeah i forgot how to pronounce no it. that's that's the that's the bigger one um it's actually the size of pluto is but, it but yeah it's oh. um and I think sometimes people refer to it like as a double planet, so it's like Pluto and Charon. And, That's even and crazier. It's like, yeah, yeah, so it's like they're a binary They're like Romulus and Remus, yeah. <laughs> Romulus. You and your Roman history, dude. That's also a Star Trek thing. I'm just a nerd yeah. for all, on, on all spectrums. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you can see that like Pluto's doing all these weird things, right, that are sort of like away from typical definitions of whatever our solar system does. But mm. anyway, so like Pluto's kind of interesting. It's the eccentric planet. <laughs> all right. I wanted to say, by the way, that we've sent Oscar Wilde to Pluto. Please do tell. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Wilde's been dead for a hundred and something years, so, right? So... Yeah, he died in 1900. Right on 1900, how auspicious. 
I think, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about eccentric personality, so you can tell mm, me more, but I think, I think Oscar Wilde is really like the perfect symbol for eccentric personalities. He had a great sense of humor, he was witty as hell, um, he was, you know, a satirist, right, in his time. Yeah. He loved it. He, he, ma- it. he, he made fun of the English, yes. <laughs> and they hated him for that. Good, they deserve it. Yeah, they totally deserved it. I mm-hmm. mean, he was great. He was right, too. So, and I think they all recognize it now, or at oh, least yeah. for the most part, anyway. Oh, he's one of Ireland's beloved sons, definitely. And yeah, have you seen, like, I'm sure you've seen pictures of him, right? Like the way he dresses? Particularly like the one with reason furs, kind of. Yeah, know. maybe you do. You would do a better job of describing the way he dresses, right? Not I, really, but I mean, i just seen that iconic pic, right? I, I haven't extensively researched his pictures and his style, but, you know, I just, I could tell, yeah. This is a guy that doesn't, you know care what others think very often yeah and he he was actually he had like very colorful clothes by the way i think Mm -hmm. like one of the more iconic ones is probably well i mean several of them are iconic i guess like when he wears the fur Mm -hmm. but like when he wears like the the purple suit also there's like a kind of like uh, is it like a a purple or something like that and he would like wear flowers in his like vest Lapel. pocket, yeah, or like irises and lilacs, or carry around sunflowers. <laughs> Why not? And there's like this story supposedly. I don't really know if it's true or not that he once walked a lobster on a leash around Oxford University where he was studying at. I really hope that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, like apparently he did a lot of like wacky kind of stuff, right? Because he was like. Like, um, purposely trying to like cultivate this eccentric personality, right? Yes. He wanted to. Uh, there was a time when he said, like, either I'm going to be famous or infamous, right? Like, I'm going to be known for one thing or the other. He sort of became known for both, actually, yeah. right? Um, rare is the talent that can accomplish that. Yeah. Um, we were talking about um, eccentric personalities like Jack Sparrow, but there's like. I feel like a lot of these movie characters are sort of based on Oscar Wilde, actually. Like, I don't know, like... So let's say, okay, so Jack Sparrow is obviously... It's been documented that Keith Richards was the inspiration for him. Mm -hmm. Do you think Keith Richards was inspired by Oscar Wilde? I think so. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a long line of eccentrics, of course, right? But like, if you're thinking about the way they dress, uh, I was going to bring up other examples, like I saw this list online, right, on, on YouTube. It's like this mm-hmm. list of all these eccentric movie characters, right? And there was people like the Joker from the Batman movies, right? Sure. You can think Which of Joker? Both, actually. Of, what do you mean both? The no. Jack Nicholson and the, uh, oh, there's a lot the, of the Heath Batman. Ledger. Yeah. specifically and there's also caesar romero and there's also um who's the other joker um the current one which i don't count jared leto and then who's the other joker who's another joker right you know what the 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 two i mentioned are the ones that i really okay like, okay remember so let's more than that. okay nicholson and ledger those are the two top jokers of course right so okay so there's like the joker and then the other one was uh the willy wonka character mm. right purple uh, the top hat everything yeah yeah gene so, wilder oh gene yes wilder. the gene wilder one and also the johnny depp one by the way so mm. johnny depp is gonna keep coming up right here not but... as good as gene wilder though really in my opinion i, I like what johnny depp a better? lot i really like johnny depp and a lot of things he's done but you know, that was um, sort of like an Alice in Wonderland to the Mad Hatter. It didn't do it for me when he played that character. Same with the Willy Wonka character that he did. 
because I'd seen a superior performance in Gene Wilder before, so I was like, nothing can top that. The, the Gene Wilder one was a little bit more threatening, I felt. I felt a little I like, bit that's afraid what I liked of about him. That's I... what I liked about it. And that, <laughs> yeah. of course, that meme that everybody sees where he's like this. <laughs> oh, right. It's oh. iconic. It's lovely. Yeah. I, I felt like the Johnny Depp one was a little bit more playful, I think. Sure. And maybe a little for bit more kids. innocent just because of that. It's for the kids, right? Yeah. Or like the Gene Wilder one sort of scared me a little bit. It's like, oh my God, this guy gets angry. Like, really angry. Yeah. But it's funny anger. No, and that's actually how he is in the book, right? I don't know if yeah. you remember reading the book. I do, I do. Um, yeah. But he does get mad at he Charlie does, yeah. at one point. It's like, no, you don't deserve to like become... Right. whatever the owner or manager of the chocolate factory yeah. well, he was going to turn it over to him yeah he'd yeah. be the new president ceo vice president everything remember i remember that scene like his door had like every every title where it says he ran the whole shebang yeah. along with the oompa loompas let me throw another uh eccentric figure at you stanley tucci in the mm. in the hunger games yeah um he actually he he's that's not the first uh, role he's inhabited where he's pretty eccentric, but yeah, it's probably the most known. And he also plays straight and serious very well too. Yeah, he's a versatile, good actor. Yeah, I think he sort of like overdoes the acting, right? In in the Hunger Games, just oh sure, to be able to like over the do... top. He's a TV <laughs> he's a TV presenter. Come on. <laughs> but also like, guys? but also like, think of the way he dresses, though. Oh yeah, of course. So like the the examples I've been throwing at you is because of exactly because of the way they dress, right? Mm. It's like it. I feel like it's reminiscent of like Oscar Wilde, like when when we um, bring up these characters, we're sort of like remembering Oscar Wilde through these characters, right? Colorful, flamboyant, eccentric. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, all of it combined. Um, well, I mean, there's like a bunch of other traits too, like they're nonconformist, creative, uh, like curious, uh, mm. idealistic, obsessed, you know, like all these things that are just like mm. combined together that make them like these eccentric type of people, right? That they're like opinionated and they have like weird eating habits or like <laughs> or like weird sleeping habits too you know that like make them different and weird yeah did you ever oh god i shouldn't be talking about this maybe when you, <laughs> when you were young did you ever like think oh you know i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be different so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna hang upside down and try to sleep that way like a bat <laughs> <laughs> you got that from wayne's world i probably did yeah where that dude is like that Ozzy Osbourne type of character. Oh, yeah. Like sleeping upside down. You're probably it's right. It's like it increases your life by 10 years or something like that. I just wanted to be different. And no. then all the blood rushed to my head and yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it also rushed somewhere else. The, the, <laughs> there's also all the mischievous humor of these type of people, right? Where mm -hmm. like they have their own sort of like sense of humor that like other people sort of... In, interpret that mm -hmm. a little bit threatening but also funny and yeah. kind of like <clears throat> makes them uncomfortable etc is this a good time to bring do my um elton no my elton john my, it's always a good my time keith richard impression your, yes well i gotta do elton john too before i do keith richards because remember you remember they were having a did i do this before here no huh? no you haven't heard the story yet no <clears throat> excuse me so um elton john and keith richards a few years back were having a feud right they were just talking smack and then so Elton John of course yeah so Elton John says Keith Richards he looks like an old balding monkey up there with smoking a cigarette and playing his guitar and then so of course Keith Richards is not gonna let him get away with that yeah. Elton John is a Vegas act the only thing he can do these days is sing songs about dead blondes 
as he smokes. Right? As he's perpetually smokes. Yeah, yeah, he has to blow out the smoke. Yeah, these uh, these people are insane. <laughs> <laughs> but I found that pretty, you know, I found that funny. No, even though of it was like that's I mean, kind that's of a, a bur- it's a burn it. on you know Diana and uh, Marilyn Monroe, but hey, it yeah. worked. Oh, no one's safe as far as humor goes for me. You know what's another interesting trait about eccentric people mm. that I thought was kind of odd is that they're poor spellers. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You would think with the obsession, but yeah, I guess it doesn't extend to. Yeah, or they, or they're sort of like involved in like their own language or something like that, mm. right? Like they have their own way of new speak, or their own orthography, their own way of writing. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I just thought of Orwell right now, Newspeak, you know, like creating your own language, like shorthand, right? Yeah, yeah. I was actually, like, reading about this one Cuban writer, Jose de Sama Lima, who, who, like, threw everybody off because he would always, like, mispronounce the names of, like, English or, like, French authors. Did he do it on purpose? No, well, apparently just, not. Well, I mean, no, I mean, like, people would talk to him, right? So, like, all these more educated people would, like, come and talk to him, yes. and, and they would pronounce the names correctly because mm-hmm. they're cultured and educated. And he just, like, apparently insisted on mispronouncing their names all the time. I just thought that was funny. I was like, yeah, you know, like, why, why pronounce them correctly at all times? You know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that, that's just a little side note. Um, it's a fun fact, though. Yeah. Uh, more eccentric people. Mike Myers, Austin Powers. Oh God! Yeah, well, that's like over the top, almost campy, but it worked. It was um successful, obviously, in the box office. I found, you know, it became iconic. People, you know, yeah, baby, it became like <laughs> the thing to do, right? He also wore a. At times, he wore the those like purple, the puppy suits. shirts, yes, yeah, the pirate shirts. Yeah. See, again, I feel like that's all they're doing that's is Oscar like Wilde. playing off the Oscar Wilde character. But anyway, that's my argument. I think that's um, a good one. Uh, anyway, I could probably like keep on mentioning more. We could talk about like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is you know more eccentric. But like, I feel like what what all these like film characters do is to like define the eccentric as like a queer person mm. or Go like. Figure the transvestite or like the homosexual right or Mm -hmm. the like creative dandy the artist type person the dandy the flaneur yeah the flaneur you see that wasn't considered like like let's say baudelaire in the mid mid 19th century that wasn't necessarily associated with um you know homosexuality right until oscar wilde comes along and then it starts getting inflated with it yeah 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 um, and the Flaneur, by the way, was famous for supposedly also like walking turtles oh, yeah. down city streets. All turtles, yeah. <laughs> but I always saw it as like he would like walk like a hipster kind of would walk today, wanting to be noticed. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> hipsters. Don't don't ever mention them on this show again. We're in the land of them, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, no, you're right. Like uh, the 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 eccentric personality becomes linked to like the the queer figure right the queer person after Oscar Wilde right because right. he eventually has to go to court big famous trial it was scandalous yeah the whole deal yeah he was actually judged in like 1895 and they they took him to court and they found him guilty and then he ended up in Reading jail and you know he had to like leave England and you know stayed in France and I think he died in France. I went to visit his grave, by the way, oh, in Paris, right? It was in, in Paris? Yeah. He has this, uh, this like, uh, seraphim, like, huge tombstone. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a 
a winged angel, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. And somebody stole the penis off of that thing. They just like, broke it off and took it. And like, but the whole like tombstone is filled with like kisses and like mm-hmm. little, you know, like little messages about how much they love him and all that. That's pretty lovely. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. He, um, yeah, I don't know. He. It's sort of like we judge them for what he did, right? For being such an eccentric person, for dressing the way he did, for being who he was, right? For, like, being gay, right? Like, we judge them and we, like, sent him to Pluto or hell. Who are we, white man? (laughs) I wasn't around. Well, of course. I mean, we, like, society, Society right? Society we judged him for that, right? Like, Mm. that's what we do with eccentric types. Like, Mm. we judge them, right? Oh, the penguin. What about Batman? Penguin? Batman's penguin, oh. yeah. So uh, yeah, he's an eccentric figure, top hat, uh, umbrella with multiple you know, <laughs> gadgets and gizmos. And there was one in the um, the Batman animated series. Um, you know, he had a couple of episode penguin centric episodes, and uh, one of them he was like going to be accepted by high society, but it was all kind of a game. They just wanted you know a, a figure. You know, it's like ooh, like we're 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 risque. We're hanging around with this criminal. Former criminal is now reformed. Now he's like an art critic and all this other stuff. And then at the end, of course, you know, he finds out and he gets upset and he tries to kill people and Batman catches him and then he goes, I, I suppose it's right what they say. Society's to blame. High society. <laughs> high society? Yeah. Yeah, I think that Oscar Wilde was specifically taking aim at high society. Of course, because they're the, the most egregious offenders. Uh, I, I just sort of wanted to do this as a tribute to him, actually, you know, to Lovely. talk about him. Uh, because I love him that much, but uh, he always said that, you know, like, society would condemn him to hell. Well, specifically, he said, like, to Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. and that he would be between Gilles de Rez and, um, and the Marquis de Sade, somewhere in between mm-hmm. there. Wherever those two characters are at, he's somewhere in between there. So, that's where, I guess, we sent him. We sent him, or he's realized, you know what, I'm probably going there, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Nuts yeah. To you. I think his family actually thinks that he sort of sent himself, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that uh, he sort of wanted to be caught and wanted like mm-hmm. people because he wanted to be infamous, I guess. So like, sure. there's a sort of sense in which like he gave himself over, right, and mm-hmm. said like, I have to pay now for everything that I am, right? I have to pay for my eccentricities. And yeah. Anyway. I totally wanted to go off, and we don't have time for this, but I, and I won't, but I wanted to go off on what happens after we die, and then, you know, I keep seeing quite often, just for a second, you know, I, you know, did you see the light? Did you see, you know, the, the heavenly gates? Did you see this? I saw nothing. <laughs> Particularly Jon Snow, right? And then people who have died before him, like, I, I was in the darkness. So that's my biggest, well, probably not my biggest fear, but one of my biggest is just like, it's nothing, and it's blank, and that's it. And you just, you endure it for the rest of your life. Yeah, Isn't that so terrifying. Yeah, because it lasts forever. Yeah, the rest of your life. Wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're even conscious to be yeah, able if to you're experience even that, of course. Who the heck knows? Wow. Anyways, that's another show. Yeah. Anyway, on that cheerful note. Cheerful. <laughs> of course, because that's what end. we do here at Extreme Vocabulary. Yeah. We will end. Yes. Thanks, dude. You're welcome. See you later.
Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyon Paradise by Eriko Imura. This song is Building a Mystery by Sarah McLaughlin. I am Josh, your faithful producer. Email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extreme Vocab. See you next time. <laughs>